a blowout. Eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits on a 3-0 finish. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody, and welcome into a Saturday special of Flippin' Bats. On FS1 later today, the Cubs and the White Sox will be facing off against each other. And who better to talk to than a guy that knows a good bit about that crosstown rivalry. AJ Pierzynski is going to talk to me about a little bit about his career, preview this series that starts between the Cubs and the White Sox, and talk about this White Sox team that he knows a good bit about. But I'm excited to talk to him. Make sure you tune in later on FS1. Let's bring him in now, AJ Pierzynski. AJ, thank you so much for joining me, man. Oh, thanks for having me, Ben. And uh, I don't have the super fancy lighting like you do, so I'm sorry that my it's a little bit darker than your fancy studio you have. You, so. you look you look perfect. You look great, AJ. <laughs> hey, I want to start with with your career for a little bit before we get into this weekend. And in 2005, I, I remember it so well. You you signed with the White Sox, and you're there, and your first year there. You win a World Series. It was it was truly incredible to to see and to watch that year. When you look back on that year, what are some things that like? What are some of your best memories from from that year winning the World Series? Uh, well, the guys. First of all, I think anybody that has ever done it, you just remember the people. You remember the moments, and you just think about, gosh, if I could do it all over again, I'd get to enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, but the guys and the way we reacted with each other, the way we were all, listen, nobody, whenever you say everyone gets along all the time, no, it never happens. <laughs> There's plenty of stories out there of me getting in fights with people or whatever arguments. But at the end of the day, we had a team of 25 guys that just wanted to win. And I look back and say, man, we might not have been the most talented team ever, but we were the team that wanted to win more than any other team I've probably ever been on. And we all had that common goal. And those guys are still some of the best friends I have. Uh, in my life, whether it's uh, Joe Creedy, Burley, Canerco, uh, those guys will always be like my friends for, for life. And uh, it's a special moment. And then the city of Chicago. I, I mean, then think about it. The city of Chicago went 88 years without winning a World Series. And to be the team to do it, and especially to do it before the uh, that other team up north, it means, it means a lot. You talk about getting into it a little bit with some guys but you were also it's interesting with you like you, you're also very loved and and you know you were voted in into the all-star game by the fans you were also voted at one point or the most hated player like how is that <laughs> possible AJ like how how are you so loved and so hated uh, sometimes like it, it's it's incredible well I mean, we could, if we had your brother on here, we could ask him about that. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think, I think as far as the fans go, especially in Chicago, they knew I was going to come and play every day. They knew that I wasn't going to take a day off. I wasn't going to, I was very, very rarely injured. Uh, If I could play, I was going to play. And I think people respect that because they want you to, they want to see people play. And I never took days off. I always wanted to play. And then as far as the hated stuff, listen, I, I always tell people this, I, uh, and I'll go down to this that I had to play with an edge and I had to play with hate. And I think it was more just the way I was brought up from the minor leagues that I had to hate the guy on the other team. Now I might not hate you off the field, but say my best friend in baseball was pitching against me. I would make up an excuse to hate them <laughs> just so I could get excited for the game. And and that's how I played. That's just how I had to play. 
and, and, and I have friends and, 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 but I would be just like, I hate this guy for the next three hours. And then afterwards we go out and have dinner and have a great time, have a couple beers and enjoy the, the night. But for those three hours, listen, I hate you. And I'm, you're trying to take money out of my pocket and I'm trying to take money out of your pocket. And let's see who the best man is. I mean, I've, I've seen that in person. I've been, we've all been in a room together, me, you, Justin, just hanging out, having fun. And, but on, on the field, it was a different story for a while there. So that, that just is right to your point. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about, you know, as a catcher, one of the coolest things I have to imagine is being able to catch a no-hitter. And you caught not only a no-hitter from Mark Burley, you caught a perfect game from Philip Humber. And, like, how, how awesome, obviously, that, that's really cool. But when you look back <laughs> on those two, the perfect game and the no-hitter, what are one thing, what's one thing that sticks out from each of those that you're like, oh, man, that, that was pretty crazy? That I didn't screw it up. That I was like, please, 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 God, please don't let me call the wrong pitch or don't let me do something to screw this up. Um, yeah, I, I think the no-hitter for Burley was unbelievable just because he did it. And, you know, no-hitters in perfect games are not planned. Like winning the World Series, you can kind of feel it coming, feel the momentum building, and yeah. be like, okay, we're going to win the World Series. Um, but no-hitters just come out of nowhere. And then for Phil Humber to throw a perfect game, like, I mean – I love Phil Humber as a guy, but I mean, he's got to be the least likely guy in the history of baseball <laughs> to throw a, a perfect game, right? Like Burley, Burley threw a no hitter, then he threw a perfect game. And, and, and as a catcher, you, you can feel it coming and you don't really get excited until about the seventh inning. Yeah. And, and then you get to the eighth and then you get to the ninth. And you're like, please just put the right fingers down. And, and, and to be honest, the no hitter was easier because we had a, we had a, uh, he had already walked somebody. So you're like, okay, we had like a five, nothing lead. So like, ah, if you walk somebody else, who cares? Like, we'll pitch, we can pitch around guys, yeah. get to get to matchups. But in a perfect game, there is no pitching around anybody. You have to come after everybody, try to get everybody out. So you get to the ninth inning and, and Humber, there was not a play. There was nothing in that hole for 27 outs, except for like easy outs. There was never like a diving catch or a super Jeez. play. It was like, it was just like the easiest 20. And then the last pitch, if you've seen the highlight, he throws it like four feet outside, check swing. I miss it. I have to run over, throw the ball yeah. to first. Thank God, Brent, Brendan Ryan didn't run because it would have been really close. But I just remember like just throw this and let Canerico catch it. And then I remember, and for once in my life, I got to enjoy the moment, even though I didn't, I didn't throw the perfect game. But I was kind of off to the side because I was over by kind of the Seattle dugout. Yeah. And I got to watch all the teammates just come and like jump on Phil. And then I, if you, if you ever get to see the, you'll watch me. I'm like the last one. I kind of mosey out there, and then I just kind of like. <laughs> I kind of like fall backwards on top of everybody. That's so because cool. it, it was great because I I had already seen I'd already, obviously already had a no hitter, but I also got to see Burley throw his perfect game, and so I wasn't involved. I was on the bench and I was watching it, and then to get to be a part of it, um, to be, be a part of one was was amazing. So I, I actually got to take it in a little bit more yeah. than like running out there and being the first one on Humber. Like I was like kind of in the back backdrop a little bit and got to enjoy the, the view a little bit more I forgot I can't believe the last pitch the last out was you know you had to throw it to first it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god oh yeah oh yeah Please. you're like you know it's like you're like just just just, just. it wasn't running so I almost was like let's just roll it to first and see oh god uh a, a couple more questions before we get into to what you do now and your transition into the booth and in, in your career who is the toughest pitcher that you ever had to face well i i mean listen if i had to say i'd never want to have an at bat off a guy again i would say mariano 
just because every time he broke a bat, I got a hit off on my first at bat. And I went like 0 for 15 after that with like 12 broken bats and a bunch of strikeouts, one ejection, I know. Um, he's the one guy that I was like, gosh, I, I would take everyone else's bats up there because I knew I would, didn't want to break my own. <laughs> um, but the one guy that I – and I and I would tell him this is – I did tell him at an All-Star game, B.J. Ryan. Um, he was a lefty closer. He was with Baltimore and Toronto. And I could, I could put the ball in play off just about anybody. He could throw a million or whatever, and I could – he, I was 0 for, I think, 0 for 9 with eight strikeouts off of him. And it, the only ball I hit was a ground ball, was literally a ground ball back to the pitcher. And I've never, and it was like my last at bat. And I ran to first, like I had just hit a walk off hit. I was like, <laughs> yes, I hit the ball off you. And we had talked about it at the All Star game. He was at the All Star game in Pittsburgh in 06. And, I, and I, he walked in and I'm like, ah, oh, and I like hit. He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I can't look you in the eyes because you just own me. And if I see you, I might turn to stone. So I'm going to run away real quick. And he just started laughing. He was following me everywhere. And I was like, no, BJ, stop, stop. You, you scare me. And he's like, come on, come on. I'm like, dude, I cannot even touch a ball off you. And he just started, we just laughed. And I mean, I finally hit it. I finally hit a ball and playoff. And I was so happy. I, I, I can't just gloss over this. What was the ejection off Mariano Rivera about? Oh, Bob, oh, Bob Davidson threw, he, he brung me up on a pitch. It's the only time I got suspended. Um, he threw a pitch and literally I, I went like this and I felt the ball hit my shirt as it went by. So it was like, Whoo! and then Bob Davidson's like strike three. And I'm like, <laughs> Bob, you gotta be kidding me. And he's like, no, nope, you have strike three. And I go, Bob, the ball like hit my shirt. And he's like, no, nope, strike three. And I'm like, Bob, this guy's going to the hall of fame. He's the best closer of all time. And you're giving his plate is the plate is like five feet wide. Like, how am I supposed to hit it? And he's like, just, it's the ninth inning. Just you're out of here. Right. So I took my helmet and I, threw it at him and it spun at his feet for like 30 seconds. It's like, Durr. and then, so, so then after the game, I'm walking out and here come the umpires and I see Bob and Bob's like, you, you got your money's worth. I'm like, yeah, thank you. And he goes, he goes, what'd you think? I go, well, it was a ball, Bob. He goes, you're right. I missed it, but it's too late now. You, you know, enjoy your one game suspension or whatever. I was like, thanks Bob. Oh God. Um, that's great. When you look at the game today, uh, when you watch baseball, who is, if, if you could pick one catcher that, that you love to watch and have to tune in and watch, who, who would that catcher be? Oh, well, I mean, geez. Or who are I mean, some Real of Muto. your favorite? It doesn't no. have to be one. No, here, okay. Rio Muto is the guy. I, I, he's the guy for me when I watch games that I love to watch. He's so athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he moves, the way he throws. I mean, he can run. Uh, he has power. He can hit. Uh, but the way he does it defensively to me is the best. Um I had a talk with him one time. If you watch games, guys on base, sometimes he goes to a knee, sometimes he doesn't. And I said, JT, how do you do that? And he goes, I wait and hear if the runner's going. If he's not going, I go to a knee. And if he's going, then I get in a throwing stance. I'm like, you do that that quick? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you're way better than I ever was. Because I never could have been athletic enough. I never could have been athletic enough to be like, okay, one knee. He's not going. Get down on one knee. I mean, it was just, he's the guy. Like, if I turn on TV, I want to watch. Um, you know, Yachty, Yachty was great back you know he's a little bit you know long in the tooth i guess is the right word he's a little bit older now yeah um, he doesn't move like he used to but but if i'm turning on the game i mean jt is the guy that i want to see love that so your career finishes up and now you've transitioned into the booth what has that transition been like for you and, and how much fun are you having doing this uh it's it was fairly easy i think it was because i had been doing stuff for fox for a long time when i was playing Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to go in and meet all, a lot of people and knew a lot of people. Now I'd never call, I'd called a game only a couple games with Smoltz and Matty V 
2015, we had the Astros and the Royals series. So we got to do some games, but I had never gotten to do a game by myself. So the first week when Fox hires me in 2017, they're like, okay, your first game is Yankees at Rays. Well, nothing like throwing you in the Yankee fire, right? Uh, you know, everyone tunes in to watch the Yankees. So right. uh, the first game I'm like, you know, I have Kenny Albert, who's just one of the most professional, greatest broadcasters of all time. And we get through the game and I just look back and I'm like, that had to be horrible sounding because I had no idea anything. And since then, you start learning things from guys and, and the people at Fox kind of tell you this and the producers are like, okay, this and that. And now I think it's fun. I mean, it is the closest you could be as a without being on the field to, to being involved in baseball. I think you still get I still get to fly around and meet guys. I still get to get on the field for batting practice and talk to guys. I still get to be involved in the game. But at the same time, guess what? doesn't matter who wins or loses. I go home happy. I just yeah. went under a three-hour game with no rain delays, right? <laughs> so, I, 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 I mean, I, you know, we all have our teams that we root for. But at the end of the day, I don't, I, I don't care who wins. I just want a good game. I don't want a blowout. I want a three-to-two game. And I want something cool to happen that we can talk about for three innings or a funny person in the stands we can talk about for half an inning, you know, eating out of the nacho helmet or a ball in into the guy's beer, <laughs> whatever it is, like something to just to, to entertain people and keep us, yeah. keep us entertained. So this weekend, now you'll be on FS1 calling the game between the White Sox and the Cubs. What, what should we be looking for in, in that series? Give us a, a series preview between those two teams. Well, I don't, uh, Ben, I don't know how much you, you, how well you know me, but my love for the uh, Cubs organization does not go, uh, you know, very deep, run very yeah, deep, I've, I've I guess heard a story you could say. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, well, I'll tell you what you're looking for. I guarantee you on Saturday when they when we do this game, they'll only about, be probably every inning break, there'll be a huge fight between me and Michael Barrett that, that <laughs> will probably show on loop every time we go to a break. Um, listen, the White Sox haven't played the way they're capable of. I think the Cubs have some good young players. And depending on what the pitching matchup, you know, if you get a Hendricks and, and – Against the White Sox, he can be very good if he keeps his change of down, doesn't pitch to Jose Abreu. But the White Sox have to get it going, and I think this is a perfect opportunity. Inter, you know, the, the the city rival, the city, whatever they call it now, it's changed so many times. The City Classic uh, in Chicago is a huge deal. When I was when I was in Chicago, listen, there was I played in Yankees, Red Sox, I played in Dodgers, Giants, I played in all the big rivalries. This one for one city is incredible. The city goes crazy. The people are all after it. Uh, they're all into it. They can't wait. And nothing, nothing as a White Sox player meant more than beating the Cubs. And uh, listen, I, I still root for the White Sox, and I want the White Sox to win every single time they play the Cubs. Now on the air, I'll be very neutral, and I'll <laughs> try to hide my feelings. But I think this is the opportunity. The White Sox have kind of crept back to 500. They're kind of getting everybody back. This is just an opportunity for them to get headed in the right direction. And again, it all depends on the pitching matchup. But I mean, the White Sox should go out and they should beat the Cubs pretty easily. Last question for you, and it's about the, this White Sox team and kind of tying it back into to your years with the, with the White Sox. In 05, you guys won it all, got over the hump, and were able to win it with a very talented team. This White Sox team now, for a couple of years, has been very talented. One of the best teams on paper in all of baseball. What do they have to do to get over that hump now? What is the last hurdle this team has to figure out to become not just a good baseball team and win a division, to become a championship-winning team? I think they need to clean up their defense is the first thing we, we need to start with. Their defense last year and this year has been, I mean, horrific is an understatement. They're, I think this year they're near the bottom, if not the bottom, in run save uh, errors. 
their their defense has been really bad. And and I think if you go back to even last year when they lost to the Astros, they didn't hit in big situations, and their defense killed them in some spots. Um, their their starters are good, uh, not great. I think Giolito is good. Cease can be good. Lance Lynn when he comes back, they're all very very good. But they're they don't also have that guy that can take them to the next level. They don't have a you know Justin Verlander. They don't have somebody that can say all right he's pitching game one and game five and we're winning those games no matter what. Yeah. They have very good starters. They're both back into their bullpen. They've tried to solidify. Hendricks is good. He's had some rough go. Uh, but they need to hit in big situations and not rely on the home runs because if you get into the postseason, home runs are harder to come by. Yeah. And then the problem is the other teams, they play, whether it's the Astros, the Yankees, whoever they end up playing in the playoffs, they put the ball in play more than a lot of White Sox do, and they put pressure on the defense, and, and the White Sox defense has been, like I said, not very good. So you want to see them go get one more big arm this year? Uh, I mean, who's tell me who's available. Yeah, good point. I, I mean, listen, what team – I mean, maybe the Brewers, the Dodgers. Who is not looking for pitching? I mean, every team is looking for an arm, right? A a top of the – I mean, there's only – how many top – like, if you were going to say there's true aces, how many is there? Five maybe in baseball? Off the top of your head, you'd say there's five true guys. You can say, all right, this guy pitches, we're winning. I mean, Garrett Cole. Yeah. uh, I I mean, Bueller maybe. Corbin Burns, Jacob deGrom, who's out. Scherzer, who's out. But, yeah. I mean, honestly – there's, you're not getting to 10. You can count them on – no. Not, you say, okay, this guy's pitching on this day. We're going to win. There, there's not. Of course, you yeah. threw your brother in there. I was, I, five years ago, maybe. He's the best pitcher in baseball I right just did, I, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I just knew – I knew – well, you did hit a home run off of him, so I get Good it. point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I, I plugged I that for him. He had to get that in at some point here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that you would bring your brother. No, your brother's having a great year. So, no, you're right. He is. But it's it, it's such a limited number. So can you find a number two or number three guy that's yep. better so you can bounce everybody either back or up for, or, you know, whatever you need to do to make it so your four in a playoff series is better than the other team's four. And, and that's hard to find because depth is a problem. And, and just, I mean, it's for the White Sox, they, the defense is one of, they, they have guys that don't strike out a ton of guys. So they need guys that can catch the ball other than cease. So they need to figure out their defense and how to hit, especially in big situations. Yeah. AJ, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Uh, Good luck this weekend calling the game on FS1 Cubs and White Sox. I appreciate you joining me, man. Thanks, Ben. Always good to see you. And yes, I agree. Swing 3-0 and have fun. All right. I just wanted to thank AJ Pierzynski for joining me. That was a really fun conversation. Make sure you all check out that game later today on FS1 Cubs and White Sox. This has been a blast. A Saturday special episode of Flippin' Bats. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe, follow wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it may be. We're also on social media at Flippin' Bats Pod everywhere you have social media. And you can watch the video on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod. Thank you all for listening. I will see you Monday for another episode of Flippin' Bats.